Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who played 18 seasons in the National Football League. During that time, he played for the Seattle Seahawks, Atlanta Falcons, Pittsburgh Steelers, Philadelphia Eagles. He finished his 18 NFL seasons making 366 of 477 field goals, or 76% of them, and 638 of 644 extra points. If you are math challenged, that's 99% of his extra points, giving him a total of 1,736 points. Currently, that is the 12th most points in NFL history, as well as the most eight most extra points made, 15th most field goals made. In 1993, while with the Atlanta Falcons, he led the league in field goal percentage, 96.3, making 26 out of 27 field goal attempts. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, two-time PFW Golden Toll Award winner, and is a member of the, of the Seattle Seahawks 35th anniversary team. It is a pleasure to welcome the man they called Mr. Automatic in Seattle, the one and only number nine, Norm Johnson, to 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Norm. Mark, well, thank you. You know, I've I've never had an intro like that. My goodness, I didn't even know all those stats. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually winning well, from that. Thanks for the update. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> your career is really quite interesting. In high school, you were a standout as a sophomore playing both sides of the ball. You were a tight end and defensive end on the Pacific uh, High School varsity team in Garden Grove, California. You suffered a dislocated shoulder and required medical attention. The doctor who treated you would have a profound effect on what happened next. As he told you about a, a former pro kicker who played in the NFL from 1945 through 1959. So can you fill our audience in who that kicker was and what he eventually meant to your career? Well, well sure. It, that was funny. Yeah, I went there and uh, for my shoulder, and he was talking to me, and I said, yeah, I play football. And he's like, what position? You know, I rattled off some positions, and, then he, and I said kicker also. And he says, oh, you're a kicker. He says, yeah, do you know Ben Agajanian? Did you ever go down to his camps? And I'm like, uh, I have no idea who that is. And no, I have not. And so he, my dad was with me at the time, and we were talking to the doctor together, and he knew who Ben was. And, but neither one of us knew that he had these camps at Long Beach State, which is not very far at all from where I was. And um, I grew up in West Garden Grove, which is right next to uh, um, Long Beach. And uh, my dad actually grew up in Long Beach. Anyway, we, uh, he tells me about these Wednesday camps. So I showed up and uh, met Ben, and he kind of took me under my wing, and, or under his wing, excuse me, and uh, he was uh, the kicking coach. I think he was the only kicking coach, not special teams coach, but kicking coach ever in the NFL. And he was there under Tom Landry with the Dallas Cowboys, but he lived out in my area. And uh, one thing led to another. Next thing you know, um, we became very close. I was running, you know, helping run his camps and doing demonstrations, and, and he was a, a very big influence, and I think he even influenced me getting to UCLA down there. Well, it's interesting because UCLA, which was where your father actually went, offers you a scholarship to be their place kicker. Other schools were offering other incentives, like the opportunity to play more than one position. What about playing for future college Hall of Fame coach Terry Donahue and the UCLA Bruins appealed to you more than some of the other offers? Well, 
You know, a big reason was my dad had gone there. He had been both at UCLA and the University of Santa Barbara. Matter of fact, my dad is in the Gaucho, the Santa Barbara Hall of Fame for football, and they don't even have a football program anymore. But um, that was one of them, and also that it was close to home. So those two factors. And, you know, I didn't have very many offers. Um, I had, a you know, a handful and a few places to choose from. But once UCLA got into the uh, – they threw their hat in the ring, I was all for it. And you have a nice career at UCLA, but you go undrafted in the 82 NFL draft. Part of that reason was that Michigan State's Morton Anderson and Syracuse's Gary Anderson, two college seniors, were in that same draft class. You sign a free agent contract with the Seahawks. Uh, and it's interesting because I looked at the landscape of the NFL at that point, and where you sign, they had a pro bowler in Efren Herrera. He was already there in Seattle. What appealed to you about Seattle? Well... God, it's funny, and this is kind of a long story, but um, Efren was holding out, and I guess he'd actually even said some derogatory things about the ownership, which was kind of, you know, the Nordstrom, and Nordstrom's are top-notch. And so my agent at the time, Bruce Singman down there, told me that the Seahawks are not real happy with Efren during his holdout. So we looked at it as an opportunity. Well, I ended up, I'll give you the the short version of this, the cliff notes. So I signed with Seattle thinking that there's, you always look for an opportunity. It's hard enough to get your foot in the door somewhere, but if you have potentially an opportunity, that's where you want to jump at. Um, I signed with Seattle. Ben, Ben Agajanian calls me up and says, why did you sign with Seattle? And I said, well, because it looked like there might be an opportunity. He says, I know Efren. He's a good kicker. He says, and I just took the special teams. Well, this was back in 82. So when, I'll back up. When Ben was with the Cowboys, Tom Landry, the special teams coach was Mike Ditka. Uh, Mike Ditka goes and becomes the head coach for the Chicago Bears. So Ditka worked with Ben Agajanian as the kicking coach, and he was bringing him up to Chicago. And he says, I'll go if you guys get Norm Johnson. Well, I said to Ben, I said, well, why didn't you tell me this? <laughs> this was news that I found out much later, and I was really actually deflated because that, I would have been a shoe-in because Ben would have been um, – you know, my coach, and he would have, uh, I mean, I, I would have made that team for sure. And I'm like, oh, no, now i got to go battle it out. Matter of fact, we had seven kickers in Seattle. But, you know, you're looking back on it, it was a very good move for me, and, and um, things worked out well. But at the time, I just like, oh, Ben, how could you not have told me this information? Because I was also talking to, I was actually talking to seven teams as a, coming on as a free agent, and Chicago was one of them. Had I known that Ben was going up there to follow Ditka, um, I would have definitely gone up there. And then I might have been on that 85 Super Bowl team. Instead, it was uh, Kevin Butler. Interesting. Okay. You, you would have been in the video. But, you know, that team was built. You know, McMahon was a good quarterback, but they were built on defense. I don't know if you would have had the same amount of points as you put up, you know, those years in Seattle. But that is interesting. That is very, you know, a day after you sign. That's crazy. But 
it, it didn't take long for you to endear yourself to the Seahawk Nation. November 27, 1983, Seahawks versus Kansas City. You hit your third 42-yarder of the game. Um, you guys win that game 51-48 in for what years was the third-highest scoring game in NFL history. Um, early in your career, it's a big game for the Seahawks. They ended up making the playoffs and making it all the way to the AFC Championship game. Do you remember that game at all? Because it was such a huge game in Seattle Seahawks history. I, I actually do, and I'll give you a short version of this one, too. Is It didn't seem like either team's defense showed up. <laughs> and, and we had Kurt Warner. He was a rookie, sensational out of Penn State. He was unbelievable. And, you know, we were running on, on Kansas City, Kurt Warner right, Kurt Warner left, boom, 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 boom. And we get down to the end, and we, you know, the game's 48-48 at uh, the end of regulation. So the whole question was, whoever gets the coin flip's going to win, because neither defense could stop the other team. Well, we luckily won the coin flip. We get a, a great um, kickoff return. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And sure enough, it's Kurt Warner right, Kurt Warner left, Kurt Warner right, Kurt Warner left. Here's what's honest to God going through my head. You know, my rookie season was shortened with the strike, so this is really my first full season. And I'm looking at the scoreboard. I'm actually back in the back drinking Gatorade. We've already crossed the 50-yard line, and I'm thinking, well, gosh, in overtime, is my first overtime game. When you score, do you even kick the extra point? So this is what's going through my head because I'm figuring we're going to drive right down. And I'm, it's third down, and I hear something that sounds like field goal team. And I wasn't standing on, on uh, the sidelines right at the moment. I was standing a little bit farther back, and I kind of get up on my tippy toes, and I see this big group run in. I ran up to the sidelines, and, and Chuck Knox was our coach. I ran up to Chuck. I said, you call for field goal team? And he looks at me with these big, giant eyes and goes, get in there. I run in there late. They've already broken the huddle. Jim Zorn's a court, uh, he was a quarterback, but he was also the uh, my holder. They break the huddle. We line up. We... We snap the ball, we kick it, game's over, we win, and we kicked on third down. And it just shocked the heck out of me because I thought we were going to just waltz in there. And Chuck Knox had made a, a – uh, he came from Buffalo at this time, and he came in after the game. He was making comments to the media, and he says, yeah, I've been through this before where we would drive down. And we'd, we, uh, he said, I'd had a fumble on these drives as we were running in the past in Buffalo. He says, I'm not going to do that again. He says, we had a good kicker, and as soon as we got close enough, and on third down, we were going to kick to win the game. And so I'm like, wow, I wish I would have known that he felt that way because I would have been a little more prepared. But looking back, it worked out. We're talking to Mr. Automatic Norm Johnson. You went to the Atlanta Falcons in 1991. Um, before the Pittsburgh, that was before the Pittsburgh Steelers signed you four years later. Your first year there, you make it to the Super Bowl. And I always look at the place kicker and kind of equate him to the relief pitcher in baseball. You do your job, and people don't notice. You don't do your job. You blow a save, and you're the reason why the team lost. You mentioned the name Scott Norwood to anyone, and immediately they just go wide right. I have to imagine that you know it's one of the most pressure-filled positions in professional sports. And then when you magnify it, you know, on the stage of a Super Bowl, how do you steady your nerves knowing that at any given moment the game could come down to you for a championship? How do you prepare yourself mentally for that challenge? You know that that's really challenging, and the way you put that is is. is uh... 
I'll, first, I'll tell you kind of how, how that's tough. Is you know Scott Norwood had a great career up there in Buffalo, and Buffalo is a horrible place to kick. And he was there with Jim Kelly and Mar, uh, Marv Levy and all those guys, and they had some tremendous games. But most of the time, you're not really wild. if you're living somewhere else uh, in the country, you're not watching Buffalo a lot. Even even though they're really popular, a lot of the people probably were. But like with Seattle or um, I should say when I was with Seattle, not everybody was watching us. I went to Pittsburgh, and a lot of people watched the Pittsburgh Steelers. But when you get to that stage of the Super Bowl, and you know that there's only one game, there's only two teams, and now every football fan in the world and even outside of this world is now viewing a, a, a giant stage, a big game, you realize – Holy cow, there's so many people out there that don't know either who Scott Norwood is or who Norm Johnson is that they're all going to be watching me, and they're going to base their opinion of my, me and my career on one game. Now, that's a pretty big weight to carry around. And when I played in the Super Bowl, you know, it was my 14th year, I think, in the league, and my first appearance in the in the in the Super Bowl, you have that two weeks before that game. Well, that first week, the thought of that was weighing really heavy. I'm thinking, God, there's going to be people in Mexico and all over the world and all over the country who don't really know who Norm Johnson is or what kind of career he's had for 14 years. They're going to base their opinion on how good a kicker I am and who I am on one game. And that was a really big weight to carry around. But the following week, that got less and less. And by game time, and the, the good ones can kind of do this. You get once you get to the game, you strap that helmet on, they blow the whistle. You're, you're treating every game as the same. You can't say, "Oh, this is a big game, so I gotta play big," or "I, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to choke." You can't think of it any differently. And what is kind of funny is a lot of the, the big players, and we have a big one up here, you know, Russell Wilson and some of these, they really shine. And, and uh, our coach, um, Pete Carroll, seemed to really shine in the big games. But I'll bet they really don't treat them any differently. They approach it as the, the same game as it was, or, or the, I should say the situation is the same as beginning of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year, the playoffs. And uh, when you can do that, when you can treat every game as just another game, or you come to play every Sunday, I mean, you, you get your heart racing and, and you're playing every Sunday as if it's championship, you have uh, the best chance of, of playing your best in a, on a big stage. I, I just I, I just wrap that around my head. When that place kicker goes out there, you know, game on the line, how, how much they have to block stuff out. One of the things that always, you know, I, I find comical is that's happened, I guess, probably over the last 20 years. I don't think back in the 70s, I don't ever remember it happening when I had season tickets to the Jets. And, and maybe the Jets never in the 70s got to a point where they had a chance to win a game at the end. But icing the kicker, does that have an effect on you at all when the opposing coach calls a timeout when you're, lying, when you're just about to kick and he calls a timeout? Well, here's what's really important to a kicker. Field conditions, make sure that you don't, your left foot doesn't slip your plant leg. Make sure that you have a good distance, the proper distance from the center to your holder. And you've got to take into a lot of things um, very quickly. 
Well, if what I would do is I would turn that against the opposing team. If they gave me a timeout, I'd be able to say, oh, thank goodness. I'm going to take a deep breath now. I'm going to make sure I'm the exact right distance, you know, seven, say, three-quarters um, yards. I'm going to make sure the plant, my plant foot has really good footing, or I'm going to move it around. I'm going to tell my, my holder how I want the lean of the ball depending on the wind, and I'm going to, I'm going to use that to my advantage. If I was kicking indoors and I was lucky enough to kick a few years indoors, I'd run back off the field and I'd and uh, wait for the timeout to be over and run back on the field as if it never happened. I think the last thing a kicker should do is stand out there in the middle of the field and start thinking about this crowd, start thinking about who's watching, how many people are watching, how big a time of the game this is and, and, and how important this kick is. And I think if you do that, you play into their hands. But I, I, w- I never allowed that. I always either thank them, thank goodness I have a timeout to take extra time. Because a lot of times running out there, breaking the huddle, counting back, getting lined up properly and doing everything, all the, the pre-kick routine, it's not always easy in the, the time allotted. So if you, I always would use it as a, uh, as a welcomed timeout as opposed to um, uh, the other things that I just talked about, is sitting there thinking about how big that moment is. Lastly, where can people uh, find out what you're doing these days on social media? What are you up to these days? Well, you know, I, I'm doing something that, I've, that uh, I'm so excited about because I'm, I'm, I'm helping people in the biggest ways. I've got some... I got my hands on some technology that is not well known out there that can relieve people's debt. We absolutely crush people's debt. People who have, and I'm talking about their home loans or car loans or student loans, taking them from you know, 30 years to three, four, five years, and doing this with technology. And we are saving people. I mean, our company has done two billion dollars of people's debt. And then we take them into a tax-free, risk-free retirement. I'm so excited about that. And if people want to hear about that, I'd love to talk to them. I'll call them personally if they go to my website at normjohnson.com and say, hey, I'd like to hear more about uh, um, becoming tax-free. And, um, I mean, excuse me, debt-free and retiring possibly on, on tax-free income. I mean, it's, it's amazing what we're doing with people's lives, giving them hope. I love it. Awesome. Norm, we appreciate it. Easy website to remember, normjohnson.com. Your Seahawks right now trail the Green Bay Packers 21-3 at half. We appreciate you. I I know we were trying to get you right at halftime, and we almost did it. We've got a minute and a half. It was close, (laughs) I told you. But I really appreciate you coming on tonight. You bet, Mark. Have a good one. Thank you for having me. You too. Mr. Automatic, Norm Johnson.